This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the preview show edition of the Blue Monday podcast, a three times weekly show looking into all things Ipswich Town. I am your host, Rich Woodward, and I am delighted to welcome back the brilliant Harry from Bath. Harry, how's it going? All good here. All very good. I've had a fantastic week on the Pinkon and on Ross of the Barclay, and I should have really come on here with my sunglasses on, but uh, after the wonderful yellow, bright yellow Ross of the Barclay website, but... Uh, we, I think, have just about recovered from an interesting week spent north of the border looking at what our near friends have got to say about Sunday's game. I hope, it's you, been have, a fun, it's, yeah, I hope you got your jabs first, Harry. <laughs> and Joe was worried for you as well, our friend Joe Fares. Uh, he was worried oh, that you might have headaches or migraines. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty garish colour scheme. but um, It's it's a remarkable sight, it really is. It just so hits you full on. Yeah. <laughs> so, as you say, plenty to talk about, plenty to digest, and a... Um, yeah, an exciting weekend in prospect, no doubt. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a few bits and pieces we want to kind of cover today. We'll talk a little bit about Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, we'll talk yeah. a little bit about the um, NCR sending off and the, the subsequent decision by the FA to uphold that. Mm. Um, and then our focus will be Norwich. Um, we'll go yeah. throughout the team. We'll have a look and see where there are strengths, where there are weaknesses. And there are certainly some weaknesses for, for us to ex- exploit. Yeah. Um, maybe a bit on the manager, maybe a bit on finances as well. Yeah. Um, and then we'll um, we'll think how Ipswich can possibly end this 10-year hoodoo. Um, but let's start at Hillsborough, shall we? And another disappointing result, albeit it sounded like a positive performance and goals conceded that probably could be avoided. Yeah. It's um it's a it's a familiar theme. The interesting thing was the less there were two there were two Sheffield Wednesdays we were anticipating last week. There was the slightly supine one which lost against Brentford, and then there was the new assertive model that they brought out against Millwall. And listening to the reports, I mean, I, I wasn't at the game, but just following the narratives on the TWTD chat room and listening to Ben's post-match report and the 
um, Mullet did a fantastic write-up on TWTD as well. The sense was that it was the less assertive Wednesday that turned up, but we still weren't able to capitalise on it. Yeah. And um, yeah, and the the set piece thing again is uh, so so frustrating. It really is. Yeah, mm. we, I mean, we had a we had a look at the goals, didn't we? Kind of collectively yeah. with with Ben and this a theme yeah. starting to emerge there a little bit about. And I don't want to call him out. Our three times player of the season, but there's definitely a bit of coming and going and indecisiveness. And I don't yeah. think Chalaba particularly covered himself in glory with his marking either. And these yeah. are these are themes that we keep seeing, don't we? Yeah. On Chalaba briefly, some days I mean Muller described him as the Rolls Royce with, with L plates on, and some days it's the Rolls Royce, and some days it's the L plates, and it was the L plates, you know, for the for the set piece defending. My sense is that he's actually generally in in general play, he's very good positionally, he's very positionally aware. It's a switching off thing; it could be just an experience, but when but it it can be catastrophic. Luke was Luke Chambers in one of his interviews, which I picked up on today on on the on the on Phil's site on TWTD, was talking about you know the defending and they're all aware of it and then he's, he's made a comment about the, the back line are really good oh that's not to say the others aren't good as well and every you can see everybody thinking the same thing in their heads when he was saying it but um you know Chalaba ultimately is you know i think he's going to be an absolute fine for us this season and we've just got we've got to iron these creases out one mad thing of course you can't this is bizarre it bizarrely inverting the logic which is to say that actually when you take out our set piece defending the rest of the defending isn't that bad well, we've only considered two from open play i think <laughs> exactly so it's it's utterly fixable and i yes. think that's the thing that's the thing that is so frustrating because it can't you know it's it, you know it's it's something I mean, we'll talk about it because i wanted to talk about i wanted to bring up something about bart Bournemouth fans talked about Mick going down before we played them in a championship game a few years ago. Mick and Terry were sitting there and Mick had his camera out, his phone out, apparently, taking photographs of every set piece in the game, for and against. And they were, you know, he was going to go back and put them into the, the Mickotron 2000 or whatever, <laughs> whatever he had. And he was going to go, right, lads, you know, every conceivable version of anything that's going to happen, we've got it nailed. And, and he just was, quickly on the Mickotron, I can imagine that running Windows 95 <laughs> or something. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> it just opened a very dark portal. It works for me. There. It works for me, exactly. Upgrades. Whoever heard of them. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, we've gone down an alleyway here. Yeah, we've we've, we've we've but yeah, yeah I, I mean the set pieces. As you say, Chabers called it out in, the, in his precedent in his um, sorry yeah. in his interview, and yeah. um, you know we, we have looked okay from them. But yeah, it's, uh, the sending off didn't help. I think yeah. we've had a quick natter before we started recording, and I think both yeah. of us kind of had a, a sense of foreboding that that red card was going to be upheld, didn't we? Because yeah. I think there is a little bit too much interpretation there that can be. Um, given to the referee or maybe the FA and generally what they're trying to clamp down on which is endangering opponents and the like which meant it was always likely to be well not likely but I always thought that they might side with the referee on it yeah uh, yeah it's you could see you could see how we have on Sunday I was in was in my little bookshop and I set up I set up the on a a separate tab the the 10 seconds and the highlights leading up to the red card and all my non-Ipswich friends a lot of them wander in on a Sunday we'll all have a chat about how we all did and I said to them all right folks have a look at this what do you make of it so just I said I'm biased I know what I think and the consensus was that it was a very harsh red card but they could see why some refs would give it I, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah and when there's grey I think there's always going to be siding with the referee, isn't there? Yeah, there will um, be. Yeah. Just quickly on 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 Bart, 
Um, yeah. We had a quick chat, and we've had a question from Justin yeah. um, about the goalkeeping coach. Do we know anything mm. about that situation? Obviously, Malcolm Webster, um, Webster retires yeah. end of the season, and I'm not looking to point blame anyone here. Um, yeah. It's just an understanding of you know we've talked about the change in personnel, and clearly. Bart has, has moved from a, a well-drilled defensive unit with personnel that he's familiar yeah. with. There's yeah. two people changed in front of him and a whole new approach um, and the departure of someone who's been so pivotal in his career. I guess yeah. all of these things kind of combine together um, to maybe create the uncertainty that is obviously playing out yeah. in his performances at times. Is that yeah. fair? I totally agree. It's um, if Mick built his teams his thoughts always first and foremost most were to stifle opponents. I mean, we were chatting about it before we came on air about the way he would often put wingers on with a primary role to protect a fullback. He did it Anderson against um, against Anya when we beat Watford one 0 Anya was on it two minutes later. Anderson was on just to mark Anya, which you know this you know, help 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 out the fullback. Similarly, in the famous four two win over Brentford, he had Stephen Hunt and. Jonathan Power, I think it was, on the left side. And they had Odubajo and Hotta on that side. And it was a match-up. And the, the, the hunt, their job, Hunt and Power, their job was just to shut that flank down. Mix, that was Mick's overall approach, I think, yeah. where the whole thing, the, you know, the central defence and the goalkeeper and the goal was pivotal. It was, a, it was a tabernacle that had to be protected at all costs. And you built out from there. So the wingers were peripheral. They were subordinate to what was going on in the back line. And, of course, a goalkeeper will thrive in that kind of hothouse, as it were. He's got total protection. The team is built around protecting them, whereas the wingers, as we've noticed, could often, you know, could often have a little wobble because they just they didn't have the same... I always felt under Mick they were very peripheral in contrast to what was going on in the heart of the defence. And it could be that this is something, it's not a criticism of Bart, but it's something that Hurst has to be cognizant of. I think he's got to think, OK, things have changed at the back. What, what infrastructure, what do we need to put in to protect our goalkeeper? Because we know how brilliant he can be. Yeah, and I, I familiarity, I think, is helpful there, isn't yeah. it? You know, it's still yeah. really early days and... and mm. um, It'll be interesting to see who ends up as centre-back alongside Chambers on Saturday, won't it? But you just hope that this week that they've had without the cup, they've yeah. been working on it because uh, yeah. Norwich will know and everyone else will know as well now, won't they? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. let's uh, let's move away from Sheffield Wednesday and let's, um, let's <laughs> open up Pandora's box, which is Norwich City and the activity going on there. A, bi- a big summer for Norwich, something that um, our colleagues on the flagship show have been talking about for some time is the end of parachute payments yeah. and how that changes their psychology and how their recruitment might need to change and how players might need to be sold to balance the books. And we saw that with Madison, who was so pivotal for them, particularly in the games yeah. against us, and Murphy as well. Um, but quite a lot of players came in and Fark really establishing himself and his philosophy on the squad. So, yeah, a lot to yeah to digest there. And, and their setup so far... And their score, their results so far, mixed bag really, isn't it? Some yeah. quite a lot yeah. of goals conceded as well. So where do you want to start, Harry? Where would be a? Um, I don't know. Probably start with the manager, and then we'll because that what's happening there then ripples out into everything else, and we'll come back. I've got a. I want. To, I do want to talk about money with Norwich. We'll come back to that at the end. I think. But let's okay. let's pull them. Let's pull them apart. Um, yeah, Fark is an interesting one. The one win they did have was over Preston. And for 80 minutes, one of them said that this was a guaranteed cure for insomnia. And it was only the last 10 minutes when they actually came alive and they just absolutely, you know, they ripped they ripped into Preston a few changes that they made, which we'll talk about some of the players they brought on. Um, 
Farrakh is an interesting one. He's, his guru was Thomas Tuchel, who was Klopp's successor at Dortmund, and he's now at PSG. And there are parallels. You can see elements of what Tuchel has done, which have come through in Farc style. Like Tuchel was very strong on player development. Players like Usman Dembele, or I think when he was at Mainz, he brought through Andre Schurle. You know, he was very good at taking players. And you can see Farc ticks that box brilliantly. You know, Madison gloriously. Um, Murphy um, was a Josh Murphy, I think, went this summer. And then Jamal Lewis. Jamal you know, Lewis, yeah. Jamal Lewis is another one who's coming through. Um, uh, Godfrey Todd as well. Yeah, yeah, Godfrey. Exactly. Yeah, they, they have. He's good. That that side of the box is really really strong. But on the footballing side there are problems um, the instant pressing idea with the emphasis of forward movement play the idea is that it's not just that this whole idea of instant pressing um, where you just you know you, you, you try and turn over possession immediately before the opposition um, you can, can reset um, but also there is this idea of driving the ball forward you know at, you know always trying to attack with the ball and it's um uh, lots of central calmer ball circulation through the middle playing one twos with um with the attacking midfielder so again you're progressing up the field but always with this forward momentum possession based style bits of that they're getting really well like the possession they're dominating possession but the problem is they're not getting the forward bit with it they yeah. don't seem to be able to they don't seem to be able to knit it together and actually drive forward um and I mean, a couple of comments i pu- i pulled out one of them I don't think Fark is getting the best from what he has, not because he's a poor coach, but because his style of play is far too easy to combat. And um, some of, one of them described it, he sees it as a game of chess where you're waiting for an opponent to make a mistake. It's very calm. And possibly the championship isn't the place to be playing this type of calm football, where, mm. as we all know, you just simply don't get a second to rest. His biggest problem, as I say, is um, Hurst doesn't have this. This is his second season, and this is now broadly his squad and his yes. players are lacking cohesiveness. He would have known Madison was going and has he properly planned for that in terms of who's come through when we look at the balance of the central midfield. Yeah. And there's no there's no sense of them playing as a team to any footballing philosophy. They've got elements of it, there's bits of it and they have flashes where for 20 minutes they'll suddenly come alive like in the opening 20 minutes against Leeds they do. So like they dominated, yeah. And yeah. then were picked yeah. off quite easily, weren't they? And then yeah. game over. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Confidence is an issue. Confidence is definitely an issue. Um, there was a stack of comments on, on one of the match day threads saying that once Leeds scored that first goal, it was game over. Hmm. They really felt that they couldn't they couldn't do anything about it. And the midfield went in on itself. And instead of first last year, Mick set the team up in that one-all draw at Carrow Road to stifle the midfield. Because I think it was Tetty, Leitner and Madison, I think, with the three of memory serves me right. And Mick's job was, that's why Chilina never came on, or Selina never came on. He just wanted to kill that central midfield to stop it happening, because he knew once he could deal with that, he could the, the wings, the, gone. Any, any, anything out wide is, is, is dealable with. Yeah. Leeds ran through their midfield this time. They, they, they literally overwhelmed them in the centre of the field, and therefore they weren't able to get a foothold back in the game to come back at, at, to come back at Norwich, or to come back at Leeds, I should say. Norwich weren't able to get that foothold to, 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 to kind of build any sort of bridgehead to go back at them. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see. He's, it's, you know... He, He's got a lot of work to do to try and get that balance right, and it just hasn't happened yet. An mm. interesting thought you had there um, about kind of breaking through and trying to be positive and driving forward is actually one of the things that Hurst's Ipswich have been good at so far is forcing the opposition into mistakes on the centre circle and breaking yeah. quite quickly. And that might be an opportunity for us at the weekend, might not? Yeah. 
everyone's, you know, you, we'll talk about Tim Cruel. He's had a remarkable start to the season, but I think the player I would be targeting is Tribal, okay. the, the holding midfielder. The, the, he's, he's a defensive midfielder, and he's been, if they play with just the one at the back, um, there's no point, yeah, here's the quote. If he's a defensive midfielder, there's no point in standing like a fairy on top of a Christmas tree while people run all around him. You've got to get hold of the runners so that they don't attack the centre-backs. So you could argue that whereas last year with Madison in there he was able to keep his two partners honest because he was so good the lack of a forceful presence in the center and tribal lacking they say he lacks mobility to be to play in any sort of box-to-box role that he really is he is a sitter but not a great one he has he has regressed and the word lightweight has come up several times so you're absolutely yeah totally spot on with that that's 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 that, 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 we'll come on to, we'll, we'll get into it in detail I don't want to jump ahead but tr- I, I, I wonder whether they can be got at there actually yeah, yeah. Shall, we, um, shall we start at, at the back uh, in goal yeah. and work our way through the, the team and just kind of pick yeah. out some pros and cons uh, yeah. let's start with Mr Krull who who signed oh to kind of, it was a bit of a weird signing because it, it didn't pick up a huge amount of interest nationally but quite yeah. a big name um, quite recently yeah. in the Premier League with Newcastle and I think with Brighton they were quite yeah. happy with that signing, but it's fair to say, as you, as you said just before, a pretty mixed start to his Norwich career and actually quite a few significant moments where he's cost them goals. Yeah. So what's the yeah. thought with Krull and, and how long has um, he got before he gets the, he's, he's axed? Well, a few of them we're talking about because Michael McGovern, um, who was an Alex Neal signing from Hamilton, Northern Ireland goalkeeper, he played in the last Euros. Very experienced. experienced. A lot of them are saying, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think Michael McGovern needs to start. They'd rather him come in rather than Cruel. Not only were there the two mistakes, he palmed one ball straight back out into the middle of the field for the for the Leeds goal he could have it was a shot that he could have parried away to the side out of danger yes. and then he was badly beaten at his near post there was also reference to a spill he did against West Brom in one of their earlier defeats yeah but yeah yeah um you know we were joking beforehand you know you know I'd say I'd say to any town players treat Krull get the thing on target for God's sake just get it on target anyway because if Krull you know he might save it but there's every chance he will be like a human goalpost and the ball will rebound off him in some direction and you could be on hand follow up everything and just you know, and, 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 yeah and also the familiar interdiction to the north stand you know what to do <laughs> <laughs> make him yes. feel welcome make that guy feel welcome <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. anything you can do put it upon him off he is he is very very flaky the two centre backs interestingly close and handley close that he is a da- he is a dangerous set pieces but they're both struggling again this year and um, close they've been talking about him struggling with physical strikers and his lack of pace and he hasn't got going this season and um I and also he's been linked with a move, haven't he? I, I'd read that. Yes. Yeah, there was potential for him to leave. I think there was a, definitely a Bundesliga club earlier in the summer, and I wondered whether his mind just was elsewhere. And he, yeah. you know, he's thinking right that this I'm on, I'm on my way out here. Um, they've never felt, you know, again another. Um, is he was he is he a Swiss international? I think yeah, he is. So, he's Swiss. Yeah. Inter, a Swiss international. Did he fit in with English Championship football? That comes up all the time at foreigners. Um, that's closer, but he, as I say, he can be a threat at the other end with set pieces, which we know. Um, uh, but also, you, Hanley is the other one. He had an absolute nightmare in the opening game against Birmingham, missing headers, and he misdirected several passes to Birmingham forwards during the game, they were saying. He has been getting flustered. One of them said, trying to remember what his instructions are. So there's something there's, a, there's something not right at the, at the heart of that defence. A, lo, a lot of them want to bring in... A lot of them want to move to a three at the back, but that won't happen because... 
if you move to a three at the back, Fark's model goes out the window then because the wingers, it comes to defence. Yeah. You lose the wingers, you lose the width, exactly. So you yeah. can't do that. So therefore, you've got to. But when they bring in Christoph Zimmerman, who he's really liked, he's their plan B. He came on against um, in the Preston game. And he's fired up and he was dictating plans to other players a heap, you know, with a heap of aggressive passion. Um, he's absolutely rock solid. So defensively, you could actually see that if they are comfortable in the game, they might switch to a back three literally just to try and shut the steel gates down. Yeah, that, that's score an early goal or something like that. Yeah, maybe. exactly. So, so, but as I say, question marks around the central defence definitely with the goalkeeper definitely with the goalkeeper yeah, yeah. I've, uh, so I, I've um, I must admit I have a, I have a friend who's a, a Norwich fan he's actually provided me with some really thorough notes that I will um, refer to it. from time to time um, mm. so apologies for anyone who, um, who who doesn't like the idea of a Ipswich and Norwich fans getting along but I haven't seen him for ages uh, that's a joke uh, um, mm. but we, we've joked for some time and even in the Premier League era at the quality or lack of quality of their centre-backs. And this has been a problem for quite a while. I remember them talking about um, Turner and Bassong, and even Martin, I think, has played there. And Hanley, to me as well. Are not yeah. centre-backs that fill me with confidence and, and feel like centre-backs that create errors. And this, I think it was the second Leeds goal where um, Krull led it in his near post. The marking was appalling, and and mm. going back to the kind of the, the the Mick philosophy of as the team defends as one, and we start from the back and work out. There was a collective downing of tools when it came to marking up at Leeds for that goal, and it yeah. was and just made the cherry on top was crawling it in the near post. So, I guess our issue of our attacking potency hopefully will be addressed and John Walters I think is a welcome addition there and maybe Jordan yeah. Graham as well but these are centre-backs and a goalkeeper potentially that can be got at can't they yeah no question we'll talk about Walters in a bit because they they've already struck up on one of the Norwich forums they've already struck up a John Walters thread because they're, they're very mindful of him and they are nervous they, they are ner- they are nervous about him um it's a yeah he will be a physical presence for us to deal with and that wasn't said with any optimism you know that, that yeah yeah so anyway so that's the center backs yeah can we switch now I was thinking the way to do this is to go Look, start at the left side of their of the Norwich left side, our right, where things are pretty pretty solid. Okay. Then have a look at the midfield and work out what's going on since Madison has gone, and then we'll turn to the their right side, our left, where Jonas is, where they have got a lot more problems. Reading just reading what they're saying. So on the left flank, Jamal Lewis, chip in with as I say, chip in as I we will. go here. Rich, please, 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 because um, uh, they Lewis and Hernandez. Big take, big take. They like that side. It's working really well. They're connected. They've got pace. They've got energy. They've got industry. And even though Lewis, it's easy to forget, Jamal Lewis only really broke into the team in January. He's, he played um, in the, the derby game at uh, Carrow last season, I think. He did. That's right, he and did. And we attacked no, him, actually. Yeah. We, we were yeah. pinging high balls to him, weren't we? Yeah. To, yeah. I offer to chase onto, I think. That's right. Yeah, that was, that was, that was. That we were, I think it's a bit like Ty, there was a feel of Tyrone Mings listening to the way they were talking about him. I'm not sure he's as good as Tyrone is on the ball, but he certainly has got the pace and he is that overlapping option. And he's a foil for Hernandez, right? And that's an important. Uh, I've got lots on Hernandez, um, Go for it. Um, mm. and the fact that we, I think, in your preview with Ben in the preseason, Hernandez, I think, is is a conventional winger, but can also switch sides has yeah. cut in quite a lot, has created goals and has scored. Yeah. Did he score an own goal in the opening day? I'm reading that off my mate Rob's notes. He or did, did he, yes. Is it, he might have scored. Oh, I'm trying to read the writing here. Anyway, 
Looks like he's an important player for them, though, Hernandez. He is. Um, I think he's Cuban-born, but he's come through German. He's come up through... The, he's another German discovery, as so many of them are. Um, the same thing about pace again. He carries a threat, but and he's an absolute machine. Um, he, but he can transform guys. And he, as you say, he can... He's he's not just a one trick winger. He can he can go wide. He can cut inside. He can pop across. He there there is a geometry to the way he plays as well. He's a very he's a very clever player as as much as anything else. He and scored, I think him and sorry, keep going. Go go for it. Go I was going to say he's yeah, I, my uh, my eyes are starting to He scored the last minute equaliser at Birmingham. That actually ruined my Saturday because I thought we'd uh, we'd actually got a better result than them. But um, never mm. mind. But uh, Leeds oh. certainly before Leeds scored and and as you said head heads dropped he appeared to be everywhere and everything positive yeah. appeared to go through him yeah. but yeah. having watched some of the talk Norris City stuff and listened to some of the opinions he he can be defended against and Danassian has already yeah. put in a good shift against yeah. um, Lawrence yeah. so that's that's potentially a yeah. good match up there and, and certainly a threat yeah certainly a threat but can be dealt their plan B on that side is Marco Stieperman he, he's nominally a He's one of the versatility. He's a utility player, if I can call him that. He can. He's he he's he's often a bench option. He's left-sided, and um, he is good in the air. So if they're trying to black a set piece goal late on, and you see Steeperman coming on, you know what that's all about. He scored only four City players have won more headers than him, and they've had at least double the time on the pitch. He's pretty ineffective. He's hardworking. He's and he throws himself around and he gets in the way. He's not terribly creative, but he is. He's a physical presence late on in a game who can who can who can fill a hole in a wall if you know what I mean. Yeah. So he's that type of player worth worth a quick worth a quick one liner. So that's the left side, as I say, where they are pretty strong. But the central midfield is it's lining up ducks in a row in a way because Madison was so good that he automatically balanced the central midfield last. When you have a player of that ability, he elevates those around him. Yeah. And that's that's what he did last year. So they've got a mixture of players. I mean, and <laughs> one um, Kenny McLean's out. He's injured. He did his ankle against Stevenage. He's a left-sided player who could have actually, he could work. And all the players they've got, they're all nearly but not quite. They've all got bits of them if you could take the bits of the best of them you could make up a decent midfield and I think Fark is really struggling to work out how to do this now I'll quickly run through them he's got there's five he's got a pair of three out of five um, and we'll start with the one who will play let's do that Light, Leitner um, because Leitner it was I think he really worked well with Madison last year Leitner was the player he's, he's technically very good he reminds me of Alman Abdi do you remember Abdi when he was playing for Watford in the team with Chalaba and Dini and Vidra he was a central midfielder and he would kill opponents with five yard passes right. he's one of these players he's, he's the perfect Fark type player he can play with tempo and he can spot these. He can thread. Gascoigne used to do it a little bit too. You know, just this little unseen pass. He could anticipate where space was going to be and he could just move up the field. And he played, I think, he came to Norwich from Augsburg having, he started at Dortmund and went to Lazio and big things were expected and something, it all, anyway, it didn't quite work out. He ended up back in, back in the Bundesliga and he's, he's now come to Norwich. And he, but one of them said he's a Fark philosophy player without an end product. So he needs players around him. He would, I'd be stunned if he doesn't start. He, he's, the, he's his go-to man in midfield. I think Fark had been hoping to reignite his career and, you know, and get this style of model of football going. Yeah. So who do you put with him then? You've got four options. Thomas Tribal we've talked about, and I've mentioned about um, his lack of mobility and the fact that he has gone backwards. He's, I, I don't know, 
whether he's being tried to be used as a if he's a holding midfielder on his own because often Fark will play he goes for a four one four one system. I think he is vulnerable because he I'm not sure he has the mobility if you can overwhelm him in midfield if we can really put the squeeze on there. Um, but um, as I say, he's incapable of bringing the ball forward. So he's a lightweight who can't really do much else with the ball. He's I, 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 I sound like I'm damning him when I, I say, was that. say that sounds pretty, pretty. That sounds pretty, pretty, pretty catastrophic when you put it in those terms. But in the in the in the sense of a midfield three, if you've got somebody who can, he can't run with the ball, but he can. He's he's technically good, and he can give it simple to a player like Leitner or to a more or to a Madison. They'll go on and do something better yeah. with it. Or, or but he, recycle it out wide to a Hernandez or a Pinto exactly. or whoever. Yeah, yeah ex- exactly. Yeah, that's so. I don't I don't actually slaughter the guy, but he's he has flattered to deceive this season. Plan other options are Alexander Tetti. Now yep. Tetti scored a wonder goal against Preston. Well worth seeing on 87 minutes. He, the ball literally just caught it on the half volley just as it bounced up, and he got over the ball and it just skewered into the net. It was a it was a thing of great beauty. But what they were saying about them about Tetty for the other eighty minutes of the game was um, not repeatable, really. Tetty, Tetty is brilliant. He's a brilliant holding midfielder. He's always played well against us. But his problems now are that his, he has a lack of pace, and also he's never been that technically good on the ball. He's not a ball player. He right. is a proper proper holding midfielder. And Fark has been using him in a role where his pace and ball skills are needed. He uh, basically he's been used in a role that maximizes his weaknesses and minimizes his strengths. Okay. Because they're, they're actually trying to play the ball through Tetty. Um, a lot of them have said this on the, on the, on the, fo- on the, on the, me- on the message boards. And they said trying to play the ball through him is a terrible idea. You know, you want to, ju- you know, he, you just put him in instead of tribal in a way. It'd be simple. He'll just sit there and just patrol. Yeah. Just patrol. Is he getting on a bit as well? Am I right in thinking? He is. Yeah, pace, um, pace, pace has been referenced, and just I'll check his age, just so we. I was just thinking to, thirty-two, yeah. but I might be wrong. 30, ter- thirty-two is right. Okay. He's been there since twenty twelve. He's the last. Well, Russell Martin is training with the with the with the with the kids now, but he's really of all the frontline players. Teddy is the last of the yes. last of, the, of of that team. Really, and then he scored a goal similar to that Preston goal by the sound of it in the derby. Like, did he hit the bar or Bart tip one over from Teddy, possibly in the Carrow game? Yeah. Yeah. But definitely, to me, has always been a. Mm. A sitting midfielder yeah. as opposed to one he, yeah. he might he, he's one of those players that just might pick the ball up and run with it out of the blue but it's a bit of a surprise yeah. when he does it yeah um, the whole grand yeah it's the class we talked about holding midfielders before when they're scoring memorable goals and you know it's it's, it's that model it really is yeah. he he was Housen was the perfect partner for him back in the day because Housen could pick a pass and basically Teddy win and give it to Housen and Housen could then you know start you know he was he could he had the deep lying playmaker in him yeah. the other options are Louis Thompson who has played now Thompson featured um against Leeds if memory serves me right he did he's combative um, now Thompson came through from Swindon. He's quite young. He's 23, if memory serves me right. Yep, but um, he's he was out of his depth against Leeds. Now to be fair, you might say Leeds, you know, is probably you the last. Leeds every week, every week. You won't exactly. He did look lost when they when they moved the ball past him. I think particularly as the game turned and as the midfield began to crack, he was one of the people who was caught out. So I wouldn't necessarily hold it against him. He was way off the pace and uncomfortable with the ball at his feet, but he made an effort. They reckon he will be a long-term midfield enforcer, but he's not there yet. That's the best way to describe him. He's yep. combative and he gives them energy because the problem with the other three I've mentioned, Tessie, Tribal and Leitner, there's no energy there really. There isn't any dynamism on those yeah. three. No, they're not. Whereas at least Thompson will, you know, he'll charge into a few people. The player who I'm really watching, and he is a, 
he's a number 10 really but that would so you could put him alongside Leitner in an attacker role is Emiliano Buendia who hasn't really played very often but he's been making an impact when he comes off the bench 21 year old Argentinian he's a perfect number 10 to play off a striker like Rhodes he demands the ball and makes himself available to carry it this was an this was a slightly scary comment they said he adds more muscle than Wes Houlihan but he also has more guile oh that's not good. That's from our point of view. Um, but whether he's ready or not, and, he's, and one of them said they fancy him as a trick up the sleeve just in case. You know, it could be a surprise that Fark pulls um, because he is, you know, he's got colour and imagination. You know, he won't, he's, he's, he's quite young and I'm not sure he's necessarily, I don't think he's that big if memory serves me right, but, he's, but he's, he wants the ball, he presents angles and he's somebody who can, in his own slightly rough way, can help that philosophy of actually progressing the ball up to up to the front men where they can, where they can do some damage. I think yeah. I think he might have been mentioned by my best mate on Twitter, Jack. Um, yeah. With Ben in the in the show last night. Um, one name that I haven't heard you mention yet, um, who's a familiar name to Paul Hurst, is Ben Godfrey. Um, the note that I've got here is he's a strong defensive midfielder, but um, my mate Rob reckons that he might end up as a centre back at some point in the future. Is, is there any word on him? Uh, good point. We left him out. Um, he is I'm just bringing up my notes on him. He, yes, you've summed it up in in that sentence actually, because oh, he played he played he played as a centre back against Cardiff okay. and got and got forward. You know, he, he he was absolutely rock solid. It was a very, they played to play. Um, Norwich played Cardiff in the Carabao Cup second round. Yes. it was two it was two second string teams. It really was. You can imagine Warnock's. You know, he's got Cardiff in the Premier League. The last thing he needs is this. So um, I don't know what was going on, but if, if ever there was a good time to play a Warnock team, it was on Tuesday. Absolutely. But they like, but they they do like. Um, I'm just bringing up what they said about him here. They 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 do rate him very much one for the future. Um, and he is. There was an interesting line they said about him that he could actually sit as a hold. Yeah, here we go. He, as a holding midfield, he can protect the defence and he gives the midfield energy. Um, but he, uh, the other thing that he can do is he, they, they, the words discipline and restraint came up several times. That he can actually, if things, are, if he can, if the team are breaking forward, he's the one who could sit. The centre back split out, so they become a de facto back three with Godfrey sitting in the middle because right. he has got that discipline, but he also has the energy. It's, I think, is it a question of is it a question of age with him um, and ex- and experience? He's only he's twenty. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, so it could be. It could be. He's another. You see, going back to Fark and his development of players, he could again be one that you know, if they stick with Fark, he could be one that could really blossom another in the next couple of years. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Have we? Uh, yes. So we've gone so through that, the that, midfield. That, that's midfield. So as I say, pick the bones out of that. Definitely Leitner, possibly Buendi as a substitute. Do you put Tete or Tribal? I don't know. I probably. I, I'd be. Norwich fans, if any are listening, <laughs> tell us what you think. I've, I don't know how he's going to configure it. He could go with what he went with last week, which would be Leitner, um, Thompson, who would defer with a bit of industry, and then either Tribal or Tetty, because yeah. um, you know that would that would seem to make sense. And then have Wendy off the bench to you know to you know I I, I, use, I wrote the word Sparky playmaker down here. He's not really peppery. I'd say Sparky. Is Hen- Pe- I was thinking Pe- is Pe- Hernandez peppery. peppery. Mm-hmm. Hashtag peppery. Yeah, he would be. Yeah. yeah he'd be. Would be peppery, definitely. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we won't talk definitely. about it too much. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, we uh, will. We've, we've got to come on to Jordan, with Jordan Graham. We haven't talked about Jordan well, Graham yet. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, one thought from me, I guess, on on how I think that might go. If yeah. I if I'm um, Farker, I'm. There was an interesting conversation that Ben and Jack had last night, and I think Ben was kind of very much of the. Um, 
ignore the narrative let's keep with the facts and figures and respect the league table and our respective positions and the status of our teams but I'm one for the narrative I, at the end of our, our show last week I definitely kind of I think I used the phrase the script has been written but if if I'm Farker I'm thinking I've got a new squad just as Hurst um, just as Hurst does and the likes of Teddy have been there and done that in the East Anglian derby and, yeah. and if as a supporter group we're up for it and the atmosphere is you know, it's quite tense on Saturday. Tetty's actually quite, probably quite a calm head and has also beaten Ipswich on quite a few occasions now. And I wonder whether he might like that experience in there. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you and are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match programme each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I don't know whether I'm on one there or not. No, you're totally, it's totally spot on. A Norwich fan, actually, because I did pull out some of their thoughts on us. Um, and one of the one of the comments they made was the fact a lot of players have not, they're new to this game. Um, and a lot of lack of homegrown players, well, they appreciate how special this game actually is. And I think, you know, you could argue just as equally bringing Walters back for us. Because he, he, he'll, he'll know this game straight away. Yes. And having having him back in the fold is a huge boon to the you know to the dynamic of the squad i think it's an absolutely absolutely valid point it really is i think yeah. and going on yeah. we'll, we will talk about walters loads of people have asked us questions about john walters and whether he'll feature mm. and and how yeah. but correct me if i'm wrong i think he was in the team that beat and well didn't get doubled by norwich and almost doubled them in the 2009 season i think it was 0809 i think we drew at home and one away, three two. That's right. Possibly. Yes. So yeah. there's a good omen there. I think Chambers is up for it again. His interview this week was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I yeah. I like that kind of stuff. But then yeah. um, I'm in the view now where 
I've, we've kind of tried all kinds of ways to think about this game um, and have always lost. So where's yeah. the harm? We're bottom of the league. We haven't won a game in this season yet. Let's dream. Let's think kind of yeah. romantically about what might happen. Um, because I'm not going to be disappointed. My expectations are so low. Yeah. Let's keep going with Norwich. Yeah. Um, have we managed um, to get all the way across the pitch? Go on, sorry. Not quite. We, we, we have to hit the right flank and the strikers, but we yeah. think we're, we're virtually there. The, uh, no, just going back to Chambers, your point, I sense the, when I listen, listened to Chambers' interviews and read his pieces, the, the words unfinished business yes. from last year, really, it just screams out, this is, you know, the, the, what happened last year will not happen again. We're not letting it slip this time. If You know, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. They ruined it's, his um, legacy, didn't they? Because Chambers yeah. is an absolute, you know, the, the brilliant captain for the, for the kind of Evans era and yeah. hasn't had a promotion on, he's had playoffs, but hasn't had a promotion or any kind of Matt Holland type moment where he's led yeah. the team to victory or a significant yeah. moment. Scores that last minute header last yeah. season and you kind of think that is what he will be remembered for yeah. For the rest of you know his days and at Ipswich, and it was really cruelly stolen from him, wasn't it? He that was gone, more was, my feeling from that game. Yeah, folklore. I love the man. I absolutely love him. I saw him against Marshall. That back line. Remember at halftime when we beat Villa one 0 at their place, we had we lost all. Basically, they had they had an improvised back five with Chambers at the heart of it. Yes. I think Kenlock and Emmanuel were the two wide players, and it was Nutson once. I can't remember who was on his. Or it might have been Spence, whoever it was. Anyway, and it was an absolute. You could see this hadn't trained before. This was okay, lads. Let's see how we get on. Fingers crossed. He mate. was, he was heroic. And then the other one, which we have talked about before, was the Millwall game last year. And it was Ben. I talked with it in the preseason. That four-three win, which a game I'll never forget. And Chambers with one arm, one leg. He was like the Black Knight. Yes. You know, because we had no substitutes to bring on who could handle what Millwall were. They were giving us full Millwall treatment. And Chambers with he was in bits. He was he was out for weeks afterwards. Yes, but he was. He, yeah. oh, I, you know. I know why we all love him. How could you not? Yeah. Because absolute warrior. He is. Yeah. If anyone deserves to score a 93rd minute winner yeah. on Sunday, it's Mr. Yeah. Chambers. You, anyway, yeah. let's not get too carried yeah. away, Harry. Sorry. Come on. Let's, 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 deal with the, let's deal with the enemy no, first. We can, we, can, we can love that man. Yes. <laughs> now, yes. now, the right flank. Now, this right flank. This is where it gets interesting. Now, the left may be tight, but things are they're all over the place on the right. Um, they don't have a right back to compare with Jamal Lewis. And Ivo Pinto, he's a great name, Portuguese, you know, great pedigree and all the rest of it. But he bombs forward, but lacks defensive discipline. Um, so, the, you know, they, and the, he's one of the phrases constantly marauding forward with nobody covering him. There's a lack of balance on that right side. It's obviously part of what Fark's trying to do. You know, you use the width, you get the guys forward. It's all part of it. But, you know, if you've old Tom Tribal with his, you know, chuntering around at the back trying to cover, you're leaving yourself wide open. And I think if Tim Krull is one gateway, I think their right side is another gateway that we could exploit it and possibly with a new winger or with using with or with Edwards swapping over. That would be the area I would try and target. You might want to shut down the Luis Hernandez side on their left, but on on their right, on our left, with Jonas behind him, whoever you put on that side, you know, you'd be thinking, let's see what we can do here. If we can trap Pinto upfield, yes. we might be able to hurt them. We can hurt them properly on the counter. We really can. And the other problem they've got, the other alternatives, Felix Paslak is the plan B. He's a neat and tidy prospect who's come in and he played well against Cardiff in the um, in the Carabao Cup but he is diminutive and the, you wouldn't put him into a derby I'd be stunned if he started but they have this is, it's a problem area they've got the other thing they tried to do and the other it's quite a narrow squad the other wide player they've got is Ben Marshall who was the Wolves player oh, yeah. who played on yeah he played on Millwall on loan last season yeah. and he's 
um, the phrase yet to find his feet. Um, they've tried him as well as, as right back and they've said, no, everybody, he's a good buy with lots of potential, but everyone has tweaked he isn't a defender. So he actually can't. Well, I thought he was a midfielder anyway. No, he was a midfielder, but he has it in. If you look up his CV, he has played at right back. He's, he right wing, he's wing back. You know, he can do that in him. He's not just a net net winger. He has this in him, but he certainly hasn't had it at Norwich. And they feel he's better utilised in a wing back role than as an unaccomplished full back. But I think when you're, if Pinto is all over the place, I don't know if they'd bring back Russell Martin, would they? Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I hope they do. Frankly. Agent Martin, Agent Martin. Oh. <laughs> no, that won't happen. Oh dear. Oh God, wait till we see the team sheet. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, they, it's a problem. The right side. If it is Pinto, just you know, lure him out, lure him out of his box, and yeah. then just get re- just get ready to unleash. If it's Jordan Graham, if it's Teo, if whoever he puts on that side, if it's um, if Edwards has flipped across, yeah. you know, just you can absolutely just, over that. just yeah. hammer down hammer down that side and. Um, and, and you know you'll have Grant Hanley waiting for you, you know. So you should be able to, you know, it, we could, yes, yeah, we we could cause problems. Yeah. So that's that. So that's the right flank, as I say, pro, something to something to keep an eye on. The, up front is interesting. Um, yes. Three stri- there's three names who come into the frame here. Serbeni, who they have described in many ways. He had scored two goals against Cardiff, and that's kind of he hasn't had a lot of his form hasn't been great, but. They're describing him now as the new Aaron Wilbraham. Now, Wilbraham is that a compliment? Wilbraham. I think it is actually. He has a role as an. It's a backhanded. Yes, it is. I think it is. He has a back. He has a role as an impact substitute who will put himself about and make life difficult for defenders. Right, okay. um, but he's but he's not a massive goal threat. Um, he's he has been stacking the weights, and I think this is a compliment. He almost has a Grant Holt frame now. Um, oh, does he? Yeah, a long way from the weedy kid we signed. So. There we go. That's so. That's Serbeni. He's a, he's the plan B. He's a bench option. And the, but the two players up front, we'll talk about Jordan in a minute. But Timu Puki, he needs watching as well. He is dangerous. I've got notes on Puki. Go on. Or I have some yeah. notes on Puki. Oh, so um, yeah, I th- yeah. I think um, mm. the note that I've got on Puki is that um, actually he's quite a clever player. He's actually yeah. got quite a lot. He's um, got a good pedigree in European football, hasn't he? Um, and he's an international as well, Finnish international. Yes, Finnish international. Um, but I've been told that he likes to drop deep um, to come and collect the ball and, and start things himself. Um, so he's also a bit of a feeder as well, but he obviously gets on the end of things as well. I nearly scored on Saturday against Leeds, from what I remember as well. So yeah. I hadn't yeah. really thought about Puki too much. And I think yeah. most of the fans will probably concentrate on roads and we'll talk to yeah. him in a second but Puki probably maybe an underrated could be a, yeah. an issue for us and might drop and yeah. fill in the kind of number 10 role if it's needed yeah. as well and yeah it's you're spot on um he's he's clever this guy he's um they they think he's better further up the field and ideally as near to roads as you can make it um because i think they think the two of them could actually be good foils for each other hard-working intelligent flexible and he has an eye for goal he links up play he's forward thinking but the other word pugnacious has come up he's very aggressive okay, he's yeah. there is a you know he's he he will mix it he's comfortable i mean he's played i think schalke i was just looking him up there schalke and celtic i think were two of his previous teams so oh, he hasn't yeah. played you know yeah it's, it's not he hasn't been playing in the geometric portuguese league if you know what i mean he's been you know you know scottish football is um can be pell-mell at times so yes. he's and he's and he's lived, you know, he's handled that. So um, he's he's one to watch, and I don't think he's 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 not timid. No. He's not timid. Um, and then we get on to uh, on to Jordan Rhodes. Um, a few things they we've always seen Rhodes primarily as a poacher, and um, they have actually been very impressed with his all-round play. Remember, we talked about this last week when 
what Sheffield Wednesday. Yes, they weren't missing him, were they? They, they weren't missing him. No, they felt that you know they he was he was he was a pre, he was he was he was a, not quite a goal hanger, but yeah, they feel they know that they've, the consensus with, with Rhodes. They like what they've seen. When Krull and Rhodes both joined, they the consensus amongst Norwich fans was these are players who have had good periods in the past, but have been fallow. So can they now? rediscover yeah. what they used to have now Crow seems to have gone in one direction Rhodes may well be going in the other because they do like what he's doing there was something clever he's he's been very disciplined he's he's his, his game is evolving um in that he's able to his he, he when he plays a header he doesn't just play it into space which i think Oliveira used to do you just you just knock it down generally in the in, in the attacking area he's very he actually plays balls to teammates. I remember he used to have a very good partnership with Gested when they were at Blackburn together. They really did combine effectively. So he does work. He, he, he can work. He can link up play. He can work with, with other strikers. Um, there is more to him. And they also talk about his discipline in terms of space. He knows how to, he knows how to read space in the box. Yeah, he's, he knows, he's always been smart, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. I guess going back to the points we made on Puki and, and picking up the thought you had on there on Rudy Gested as well is I guess the the easy generalisation and, and I think you've already alluded to it with Rhodes is it is always about being in the right place at the right time yeah. for a tap in but won't yeah. necessarily run around a lot and I think that was the Sheffield Wednesday fans had kind of a bit of a an issue yeah. with that. Um yeah. which feels like as you say, if if Pookie's doing a, some of that work and Rhodes is starting to figure it out then as you say, that partnership could be pretty beneficial, couldn't it? Because yeah. if Pookie's creating as well and is putting in dog work and then Rhodes is getting on the end of things mm. and if Rhodes is also starting stuff himself and maybe getting the ball out to Hernandez, then that's pretty a good setup for them. Yeah. I guess yeah. the other bit with Rhodes, and um, interesting to see whether there's any thoughts on this, is his confidence and whether he's starting to kind of maybe, because there was definitely a lull and we talked about playoffs and penalties and he missed a penalty, didn't he, against West Brom. Mm. Is he? Is there a sense that he's finding his confidence again and with that confidence he'll suddenly be a much bigger threat? There was nothing, no, there's been nothing said about that. They, they, there's been nothing negative said about it. Okay. It just hasn't come up as an issue. Um, I think they, they can see him growing into the role as the season goes on. I think they're, the the sense with him is is very is very optimistic, but they need to get him service. And one of the one of the phrases they said, um, I have yeah, he will score goals for us, no doubt about it. He's quick, physical, strong, and takes clever touches. I have no concerns about him. We have a striker again. They right. they are pretty confident. The one amber light they had got <laughs> is a great comparison. Um, are we making the same same mistake? This was when when they were. There's a danger when they're on the back foot that they end up using him as a target man because he's not somebody who will drop deep. Really, it's not. It's just not in his nature. No. Um, he'll defend set pieces up for somebody. He's really the kind of player who would you would expect to see. You know, he's his 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 area of operation is the opposition penalty box. But <laughs> are we? We're making the same mistake. Or one of them said this. This was in the Leeds game. Um, we, the same mistake we did with Ricky Van Wolfswinkel oh. by asking by <laughs> putting, those two, putting these two in the same sentence. I can't believe I'm doing it by asking a poacher to play as a target man. Um, so I think it's a bit like the issue we've had with our strikers that you've got to get the midfield up near them yes. to bring them into if you if you to make them effective. If you're launching the ball, I mean Wolfswinkel was neither a poacher or a target man, but if you know if you're launching the ball up to them. Forget it. That's not. That's not going to do anything. They, they, he's, it hold it. Hold a play. Just 
it's he's he'd probably do it adequately, but it's not. He needs players around him just to you know just to play off. But yeah. um yeah. So as I say, th- th- but as I say, there is a danger, and this is what happened against Leeds. Some of the comments in the match day thread were that he'd become invisible. He was anonymous in the game because Leeds were so. There was a massive party going on at the down, going on down at the other end of the pitch, and Rhodes was isolated basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, and that's nothing new, I don't think. There. Yeah. Mm. Um, good. Have we kind of made our way that's, all the well, way through the that's, squad? That's, that's 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 who we're playing on Sunday. Pretty much. That's everybody. So yeah. I'm kind of looking. Going back to the questions here, I'm, I'm Nathan. Um, I'm hoping that we've answered your question in terms of weak links. I think we'll come on to Ipswich, um, and we know about our weaknesses from set pieces and so on. Anyway. Um, I'm just trying to. There's a there's a few questions here about whether this is our our best chance. And also, Jack, uh, would you say this is our best chance to beat Norwich because the teams don't feel miles apart in terms of quality? Is that is that something fair? It's as it's as good a chance as any. And um, one Norwich fan did say, I've got some of their comments up on here. He said, uh, "Where and it was it was actually a Norwich fan picking up something on TWTD, which um, where an Ipswich." Foster had said that he reckoned this would be the poorest quality derby in living memory. Um, I've been watching Norwich play Ipswich for nearly 50 years and can't remember a time when both teams were this poor at the same time. That's not exactly selling it, is it? But wow. um, <laughs> but in that sense, there is a leveling out. I mean, when you look at where Norwich were in the playoffs compared to where they are now, yeah. and you look where we are compared to where we are now, I think that that difference has not quite disappeared. But I th- I, th- I still think man for man, because we're still quite unproven. I think you could That's argue that they're, they're, yeah, yeah. they are half a level above us. But um, but James was at pains to kind of call out Norwich and say they're not the team they were. And no. I think that's very fair. Um, it is. Kind of talk, yeah. We've talked about Madison and his departure. A question from Pete, um, Peter B, um, is who is potentially um, this season's James Madison, um, potentially coming in under the radar, but could be a match winner. Is your Argentinian winger the, the, the potentially the dark right. horse there? or? Who, or Hernandez. We, yeah, well, Hernandez is probably known a bit. To be fair, Madison was known a little bit last 12 months ago. But, um, yeah. Maybe he was on loan. game, we didn't. Yeah, yeah. We didn't know. We didn't see him coming. Because he, he, he'd been on loan, if I'm not mistaken. That was at Aberdeen he was at. Yeah, I, just was, quickly yeah. on Madison. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to pretend that I'm a scout or anything like that. But I was aware of Madison for Coventry City. Um, and right. I had heard and seen really good things when he was at Cov. Mm. And when he signed for Norwich, I was pretty good gutted to be honest because I knew that there was potential there and Norwich is kind of a good club for that and that first home game where he played and scored it was just kind of confirmed what I already knew about Madison and I don't know whether he'll be in England international as some of our Norwich colleagues will say but I think he'll certainly have a good career at the Premier League level won't he yeah yeah But, but who do we think potentially could be the kind of dark horse for Norwich out of that lot I'm you know looking who could who could get to who could be an established Premier League player? I like Buendia, but I'm not sure he'd be at that level. He's still got a couple of leaps to go. Well, Hernandez and Lewis, it's the it's that left side I think is where okay. is is where is where you would look. Um, I'm just looking at yeah, that's I think I think they they would be the two the, yeah they'd be the two stronger shouts at the moment. Lewis will be interesting. What I ha- what I don't know the thing about Tyrone because I draw the parallel two brilliant athletic left backs. The thing everyone forgets about Tyrone was just how good he was on the ball. He could play a geometric 40-yard pass. The goal he pa- the ball he passed Charles. to David McGold- Charlton. Yeah, yeah. Beat me to it. I immediately yeah, thought that. Ball- that. Yeah, McGoldrick. McGoldrick. He did Great control yeah. by McGoldrick, wasn't it? As well? 
It was. Yeah, yeah. Really. I love that. There's a great video of a Charlton fan recording the goal. Have you seen this? Where if they score here, they won't deserve it, and they score. <laughs> they score. <laughs> Can't believe. Look, yeah, it was Pope was the goalie for Charlton that day as was well, and of course, because they they always knew that he was susceptible to low shots. And in that first season at Burnley, he obviously worked his socks off at that because every Premier League team was trying low shots against him. I was watching a match of the day, low shot, low shot, low shot, and he was oh, yeah. getting down to them. I'm sure it was Pope was in goal for Charlton that day. I'm certain of it. He certainly yeah. didn't deserve mm. a win in that game, but I was yeah. there. I love that day. Um, heroic, heroic one nil wins. Yes. Absolutely. We, well, we had yeah. plenty of those that season, didn't we? <laughs> um, uh, something from Jules here, which is an interesting yeah. thought actually, and we, we've we've said this and admitted this as well. The defences aren't top notch, are they? Yeah. Jules's suggestion is that it could be a high scoring game, but actually, I'm not sure that it's going to be high scoring. What do you think? Two crap defences or two weak defences equals goals? Or is our issue with threat the other end of the pitch a problem? And, and Norwich have uh, Norwich have scored quite a few, haven't they? What's your thought on that one? That's that's my fear. Yeah, we could that be both poor fear. defensively, but they've got more threat going forwards. How? Yeah, that, that's that's. I mean, I've I've got Nudson down for a goal, no question. That's we'll have that. Thank you. <laughs> we'll score, I think I think we'll score one. It's just a question of what we do. How how. We deal with them. I think they have more potency up front. I hate, I hate to say it. I do think they do at the moment. More proven potency, yeah. more accurately. I think that's that's we have we have potential, um, but this could be its time to shine. It really could. Do we want to? I, th- I think we should probably end on on us and what we think will happen in terms of uh, Jordan Graham, John Walters. Yeah. Um, do you just quickly want to talk about Farker and money? Um, that was a little yeah. start. I want to put a marker down now because if you're doing preview shows in the future, I want to put this has been in the background and I think it's something that's going to become more prevalent uh, as part of Norwich's narrative in the coming seasons. And it's, it's, I know it's one of those things that it's not immediately obvious. Um, The last time, if I'm not mistaken, shoot me down if I'm wrong, from my understanding, the last time they've actually operated without parachute payments was 2011, when when, the season that Lambert took them up. And you look at the the way the competitive landscape has changed in that period. We're aware of it. We've seen it happen. We're suddenly, oh, my God, Sheffield Wednesday are spending money. Derby are spending money. The Brentford project... Bournemouth comes steaming through the league. You know, Southampton suddenly get the right together. Brighton, all these teams have suddenly regrouped Watford with the Huddersfield. Potsfield. Huddersfield, exactly. Yeah. There's, a, there's a stack of them. Um, uh, who else would you... you know, there's about a dozen teams who, some of whom were in League One when Norwich got promoted and have been li- living with the, 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 the comfort zone of, of that parachute money. Now, they've had to clear up a hell of a mess with the sales that they've done this summer. and But this is the first season when they're suddenly being presented with the new reality of the championship. And something, this is something that I think some of them are aware of, and it's something I'm certainly aware of, is there was a piece, there was a piece in The Guardian which I came across during the week where Delia was talking about a self-funding model. It was to do with a bond that they used to raise money for the academy. I yeah, think. I saw that, yeah. And, and they were saying, you know, that the idea that they're going to they're gonna have a self-funding model. Now, whatever about Marcus Evans, he puts in a seven-figure sum annually. I think this year, maybe a little bit more would be wise because we're planting a whole new garden and you need a bit of extra water for the plants. But um, but fundamentally, he has kept us ticking over. He's kept us competitive as this... this and it's, a lot of it's to do with parachute payments and people gambling. The, mon- the amount of money coming into the championship has gone up, really, it's gone up at quite a rate. Um, 
And one, 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 one City fan picked it up. One Canary said this. He said, North City is being sacrificed on the owner's mistaken belief that you can run a successful club in this division with absolutely no outside investment. It will all end in tears. Now, that might be overstating wow. it. That might be overstating it. But it's something we've, there have been, it's something I've lived with on Norwich forums over the years. You know, the Jives, Poorman Road, all these various kind of comments about us being sort of relative paupers. Um, it's, it's, it's not a dig at at City but they need to be aware that the topography is fundamentally different in the championship many of them are but I'm not sure all of them are and um, it's to say if one said if others invest and we don't we will only end up going backwards so yeah. it'll be interesting it's in, I'm just it's over to you Delia it's 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 over to the owners to say well how are you going to do, how are you going how are you going to square that one off because yeah. Marcus Marcus whatever else you say about him he has you know he's you know he's you know he's he has kept us going and he has um He's patient, he's long-term, people do have question marks about him, but we have a plan. We're echoing what Brentford and what all those other clubs are doing. We're putting some funding in and we're, we're trying to evolve in the right way. I yeah. think Norwich are as well, but I just think doing it with no money is, um, could, could be brave. Yeah, and I, I, yeah. I, you're right, there's a psychology with the parachute money, which is yeah. we don't have to sell any big players this season. So last season was such a big one for them potentially to yeah. get back. Yeah. And as you say, I think there's the potentially there's a shock waiting that there won't be another Madison potentially next summer yeah. when they need yeah. to bring in some more players and that yeah. twenty million parachute payment hole is there. Yeah. Um there won't be another Murphy. Yeah. Um and eventually, like we found, you have to either bring an academy player through or you have to find a gem from the lower leagues and, and I'm not saying yeah. they can't do that, but it's definitely a different philosophy to having the money in the bank. Yeah. Um and um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether in five years' time whether they're in the yeah. same situation we yeah. are now. Yeah, I'm not saying we're not taking a risk because we are. I mean, you know, we you're are in, as well. <laughs> yeah, there is, a, and you are an injury crisis away from you know being you know being in real trouble. I mean, I think Queens Park Rangers and Birmingham would be the two I'd be most worried about on that front because I know QPR brought a couple of you know they've got a couple of good strikers in now, but you worry about the depth in some of the squads who've been hit with FFP um, mm. restrictions. Um, but it's just something, as I say, I'm not saying all oh, rosy in our garden, but it's just something. I've got a little bank account open on this one. I'm just going to monitor okay. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's move over to um to our uh, quickly. I just found a question there. Uh, just finishing on Norwich, um from um again the winner of the best Twitter um at profile name. Um, at Yucky Brain, which is um, how long does Farker have if he loses to us? So Jack, Jack Reeve from Tornado City is very, very much that Farker is kind of on borrowed time, particularly mm. after last season. Is there is there a case to be said that if if they lose on Saturday that he's got games rather than months or seasons to to last before he gets sacked? It's there's. I, I think the clock will the clock will be ticking. Sorry, um, but uh, yes, there, there was one comment I picked up on that lose at Ipswich and the next home game could be very toxic. Hmm. We know about yeah. the T word, don't we as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's go back onto us, shall we? Um, yeah. I think there's there's a few key areas of the pitch again. We're going to talk about the left wing um, situation, but the key one, obviously, with NCR out, is who will partner Chambers. Um, What's your thoughts on that one, Harry? God. I guess the options you've got are one of the full backs moving in centrally or Chalaba dropping. Yeah, possibly nuts and, and Kenlock outside him. I think that, that might would be work. my preference. Having seen think... Chalaba's yeah. marking. Yeah. 
you, ca- you start you start thinking mad ideas. I mean, you know, there is an argument to say keep Chalab as far away from the goal as possible, but that's being unfair. But um, I think it's just set pieces where he switches off. Actually, I think that's been his problem, and hopefully they will start properly working on that. And yeah. it's an it's an area as he gets more experience, it, it will fix itself. Um, that's, that's probably unkind. Um, Wolfie, no, not for a derby, not with Rhodes and with Pookie as well, because they are they have got strength they have got strength in attack um i would probably yeah i think i think kenlock and kenlock and nutson would be the with the way, way to run because nutson is a defender he can do that no problem at all yeah probably more um suitable to a centre-back position in a three perhaps but i agree i i think that would be my preference of anything clearly we're recording this before the end of the loan window closes yeah mccauley was linked today but you wouldn't mm. put it past us bringing in someone i guess the yeah. gamble is if it's an up-and-comer like a tilt, although that, that sounds like it's um, died on its ass. That one, um, that's a bit of a gamble on Derby Day as well to kind of chuck a yeah. new an up and coming centre back into that yeah. mix. Isn't but, it? Yeah, bear in mind though that that would leave Kenlock up against whatever Norwich put out on the right hand side, and that's probably and Ken, Miles is fine and Miles can actually he has got an attacking side to his yeah, he might bomb well. on there. So he could actually bomb on and support whoever we have on the left wing, particularly if that's the side. So my sense is you want to shut down the other side, just keep that quiet and actually see what you can actually do on, on, on Norwich's left or Norwich's right, I say on our left. And Ken Lockie has, he, he does get, he can be dangerous when he gets forward. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think, I think we are subject to an amazing centre-back Loney coming in. We yeah. are plumbing with Nudson at centre back and Ken Locker left back. Um, yeah. Scoose is a doubt still. I would expect Eden to Eden to come in for Scoose, yeah. and then are we thinking that Jordan Graham will start on the left on Saturday, uh, Sunday? I I give him yeah. It's 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 his, it's his area. He's um he's he and I was talking to some Wolves fans about it this morning and they they think yeah he's he would he you know a typical winger hot and cold it's it's what you expect I do think as well though what goes back to what we were saying earlier that Hurst is a very different type of manager to make and I think wingers are more inclined to thrive under his tutelage mm-hmm. than they would necessarily have been under Mick's I know you could say Mick was unlucky but I think Graham could you know he could run right, I think, on his day, but certainly he could give that left hand, that right hand side of Norwich's defence, a real problem. He really could just some proper stretch that defence, pull them out of position, pull the midfielders out of position, and just be, you know, just be in in their heads. You've got him on one side and Edwards on the other, and that's them. That could be fun. That could be mm. proper fun. I guess the other option yeah. I'm thinking there. So Graham had a pretty great season for Wolves. I think the season before last, he did, and then suddenly the money comes in and the Portuguese influx comes yeah. in and they played a slightly different system anyway yeah. there. And I think he was quite unlucky. I think he was at Fulham on loan. He was at Fulham uh, for a few matches. Yeah, but, but I, yeah, I quite like he, he, was a, he was a backup option. I think you're right. Because when Wolves switched to the 3-4-3 under Nuno, they hadn't been playing that. I think under Lambert, I think it was it was four, it was four and three. So the, the there wasn't so much of a need for width, but I think with, um, you know, in our system, He's, you know, it's it's perfect for him in a way, mm. and it can take yeah. a set piece as well. Yeah. The other option I'm thinking though is Edwards shifts to the left, and we have a right winger in the name of Jonathan Walters who played there. It was in a four and a four, I think, for a right midfield slash right wing under um, Majilton, I think, um, or up front for Walters. I guess let's have this debate. Loads of people have asked us about Walters. Great signing, firstly. 
I'm I'm really happy about that. A lot of experience, a lot of yeah. physical presence, as we said. Where would you use him, and do you think he'll start? Um, I had a text as well. I've Paul is a very good friend of mine. He's a Stoke fan, and he said SJW, which is Sir John Walters, will do will do a great job. He loves him, absolutely loves the guy. I wish we had him back at Stoke. Um, he's uh, he, he's he's not surprised we're emotional about it. It makes you know he. It, it's, a, it's a brilliant signing. Question marks, age and injury, really, because he had some knee problems last year, which kind of disrupted his season, if I'm not mistaken. He was um, he had a, he had a knee injury in September, and then he had a, a, a keyhole surgery operation in January. Um, if I've if I've got if I've my, if, I've done, if I've done my research properly, but that all now seems to have cleared up. And so, Burnley fans are phlegmatic about him going. They don't. They've got. They feel they've got better players there, and let's get them off the wage bill. Mm. Nothing negative said about him. There was no criticism at all on the Burnley message board about him. Um, he's fit, and he will be useful in a in an in in an upward thinking Championship team. Was one quote I found. Um, where would I play him? Does he have the legs to play out wide? He could certainly do a job on Jamal Lewis. Him up against Lewis could mm. that would be something that would be something for Lewis to handle. Whether or not he could, he has the the legs to do it to come straight into a derby. Would he be somebody you would bring off the bench? Um, I don't. I honestly don't know. On the Jackson Harrison thing, I've seen a lot of discussion yeah. about this. Jackson is central. He does not play wide. Harrison can play wide. Yep. So I, that's your other option. Yeah. That's for the right. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be the other. That would be the other option. I would. I. I would just keep it simple. I would have Edwards on one side. I would have Graham on the other. Specialists and specialist positions. And then it's a question of whether you start Walters up front or whether you go with Harrison just to kind of. Just to bounce it, you know, knock into the <laughs> into close and, and Hanley and sort of rough them up a little bit, and yeah. then throw throw Walters on. There is one thing I will add: it, it, he Hurst was not afraid as circumstances dictated. He, he did it rarely, but in his time at Shrewsbury, he wasn't afraid to go four four two. It happened rarely, but it did happen. When I was doing a research on him before the season started, it, every so often. It would suddenly a four four two would pop up, maybe with twenty minutes to go, fifteen minutes to go. Okay, but not as a starting proposition. No, not no, not as a starting proposition. Okay. No, but he would. He was. It was something that was. It's. It don't. You know. He's not. He's wedded to the four one four one system or the four and three and whoever you want to use. But he will also switch to doing that. So don't rule that out if we're chasing a goal to have Harrison and Walters or to for Harrison to come off and then you see Walters and Jackson going on as a pair of up front. Okay. That, that, that I think could that be, happened that at the end of Sheffield Wednesday. I think Sears came on and maybe became yeah. two up front. Um, yeah. Yeah, or I quite like in, the idea of... One in and one off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I quite like the idea of um, Graham and Edwards on the wide positions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder whether Jackson might get a start. But I, I, So the reason I quite like the Walters signing is I think um, Walters is a really good mentor for Harrison. I think their games are very similar. They're very, they're much about physical. They're good in the air, and yeah. I think they want to drive forward. And I think John yeah. Walters, when he was with us, yeah. at the end of his spell with us, he kind of really grew into that, didn't he? And became a really important yeah. player for us. Yeah. I think he'd be a great person to advise Harrison. And I, That's... I tweeted kind of a jokingly that I, I thought that Harrison needed kind of Marcus Stewart type mentoring again to help him to kind of take those chances quickly and to kind of react yeah. a bit more on instinct rather than to think about things. I yeah. think Walters might be a really good kind of, yeah, an example for him. 
Can you that's brilliant, that? Rich. No, that's brilliant. That's totally brilliant. I totally agree. That makes absolute sense. It really does. When you look at the way they play, the Bristol Rovers used to talk about it making these, we talked about this in one of earlier previews, making these 20-yard runs to attack a ball from, with a header. You know, he has that in him. He can, you know, he can run from deep. And Walters has that, he has that, it's that athleticism as much as pace. It's mm. more, exactly, yeah, totally agree. And quite totally, guile totally as agree. well. Walters was yeah. really clever at yeah. playing yeah. his man, didn't he? The, the other thing to add to that is my instinct when I saw Walters was coming in, I thought this could be the thing to help us get the midfield 10 yards further up the field because mm. this is something we've been crying out for. But not only at just mar- mar- marrying that with your point, he could be the one to help Harrison do that. Yep. You know, to teach him, say, okay, this is how, okay, this is, this is, this is how the geometry of the game is played in this role, and this is what you do to bring, so you can start bringing Nolan and whoever else is in midfield, Eden, plus the wingers. You know, you know, so, so the we're properly knitting things at the in the final third. Yeah. It's quite exciting. It's it's so exciting on lots of levels. It really is. Yes, and yeah. and definitely, the accusation of being a bit inexperienced. The the Hurst team, I think. John Walters has been there and done it, hasn't he? And played at yeah. the highest level internationally and in the yeah. Premier League. That's yeah. a great experience just to have around the place anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Um, mm. Do you think... It, uh, my sense, having watched Paul Hurst's interview, is I don't think Walters will start. I. Yeah. It was kind of a similar feeling to when he was talking about Dizelle in in that yeah. um, he, he's really keen, but I'm not sure I trust him to play the whole game or anything like that. I wonder whether Walters, will, as you said, will be a kind of aerial bombardment type option from the bench if we are yeah. at a stalemate or maybe a goal behind. If it's if if the game is one all with 70 minutes gone and you bring Walters on, that the crowd will be could, up for that, won't they? Think about the psychology, but also think about the psychology of Norwich fans. What I was saying earlier, they are worried about him. Their comments were, um, they said, "I can't see them. Um, I can't see them keeping him." I can't see us keeping up at bay for 90 minutes. I don't think he'd play for 90 minutes. Um, but they were saying he will be a physical presence for us to deal with. And several of them said that. It's, um, yeah, the, 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 his, it, it, but the, the whole psychology of the game could shift with him just coming on. And one of those things, I remember, I always go back to Johnny Williams coming on against Yeovil way back when we won 1-0 down at Hewish Park. And up until then, Yeovil had been growing into the game. And then suddenly Williams pops up and he was new to us. And suddenly... He was causing chaos down at the other end of the field. He was running around and getting kicked all over the place and bouncing off players. And you could see all the defenders looking, thinking, "Hang on, this, what's going on down there? Can we join in?" You could see the whole. You could see everybody thinking, "Oh, hang on, this, you know, this is this is interesting." Can, you know, yeah, let's 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 get up there and see if we can. You know, the, the, the whole terms of reference changed. That's what happened. That's that's why we love the game. It happens, and you could see Walters just by coming onto the field. Suddenly, everybody going, "Okay." This could be fun, you know. Mm. Every everybody suddenly going up by five percent. Yeah, yeah. And especially if the fans are on board, I think that'd oh, yes. be really powerful. Be brilliant. So I guess this is the. I'm going to have to ask you this question, Harry. I don't want to put you on the spot, and I'll answer it as well. Um, are you going to go with my romantic narrative and the Paul Hurst first win happens in the East Anglian derby? Ten years of misery in the East Anglian derby is over with, or will we be? Um, Will Norwich take advantage of a still slowly forming Ipswich team, or will it be somewhere in between? What's your gut, Harry? I know what you what you hope to happen, but what, what do you think is going to happen? I hate this game. I, I do too. I, I hate, hate it too. I hate this game. I absolutely detest it. I'm always in a bad mood, no matter what happens. And Norwich fans said this about four years ago. He said on one of the forums, it was just after they got relegated. It was the the first when they got that dodgy with a Lewis Graben goal, which shouldn't have been given. Um, the he um he said, Derby games, they're not enjoyable. 
even if you win, you come away with the sense of relief. There yes. isn't this sense that there isn't a sense of, you know, you know, there isn't this sort of sense of ultimate blissful fulfillment. You know, it it is it's not Elysium in any way at all. Um, so as I say, I've, I, but I would love us to win. I I can't see it. Hmm. I can't see it. I know I keep saying one all every week. I fear we could lose this actually, be purely because they have players up front who could who could hurt us. Both teams, I think, will have 20-minute spells. Neither team can actually dominate a game for a sustained period. They will have periods of control. We will have periods of control. It's vital that we take advantage of them when we actually do something with them. Yeah. Um, that, that would, that's what I would say. And if there's a time for some of our attacking players to come of age, God, if this is it. It's set, it's, it is set. set up for you. It really is. Yeah. A quick thought on... Both teams appear to be qu- uh, quick starters as well. I wonder whether yeah. the first 10, 50 minutes will be quite frenetic. Well, I guess, they could, yeah. you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but they, we could lose it potentially by just going hammer and tongs at them yeah. and being caught yeah. out. But, it, but equally yeah. vice versa as well. It, I mean, it's really strangely poised, isn't it? It could, it could be any score, frankly, couldn't it? it? Yeah, you could easily see it being a one all or a one nil. Or I, I was, I have to say, my pessimistic side thought two one to them, but you could easily see it being five or six goals as well. If the defenders, if the defenses that we have seen before turn up on Sunday, um, you know, there could be there could be plenty of goals, and you score one, and then we leg it down the other end, and and we'll have a go. Well, um, nice. That would teach that Sky would... for not showing it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so there's a question here from Harry very quickly, um, mm. which is um, the, the key word here is if. Um, how will we celebrate respectively if we beat Norwich? I think you're travelling, so uh, or are you trying to follow the game somehow, Harry? Or but no, if we I'm, win, is it a cup of tea yeah. and a biscuit and a nice there. sit down and relax or? I'll have a God. I'll have a beer on that one. I can tell you. No, I'm going back. My my son's starting university in Ireland, so I'll be heading over to. I, he's flying out. I'm doing the luggage, so I'll be on the Fishguard ferry oh, at on, some yeah. point. So, yes, that that, that parallel universe. So, um, so uh, yeah, we'll as I say, no, we'll we'll follow the result. And I think even though I'm driving, I think we'll certainly have at least one beer to to, to toast it. It would be it would be absolutely fantastic if we could. I'm not sure absolutely what I fantastic. would do yeah. myself. No, I'm yeah, I'm travelling back for it and um. um I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't fathom it. I do, it's been so long. Yeah. I just don't know what Psy- to do. Psychologically, it's massive. I think it's something... I, I wondered whether... I, I always felt it would be a when under Mick. It was one of those things that needed to be broken just to, to, to exercise the ghost of Keen and Jewel going mm. back in the past. And I guess in that sense, it's it's still there, only albeit a little bit more latent. But if we do, psychologically, it will be massive. We can say, right, we've just killed that ghost. We can we can bury it now and uh, we can now look forward so yes. in that sense it would be huge on so many levels for the squad for the club and for the manager it's an endorsement of, of the approach yeah. the Hurst has taken isn't it and I yeah. think it's I mean a win is just cru- crucial for us at any yeah. point in the next few weeks because yeah. of where we are and it just yeah. gets our season up and running but it, it, there's no better time than yeah. Sunday I'll let you in on a, on a little thought I had um, just to try and end with a bit of a positive um, I, I walk to work it's quite a long old walk to work and I put my headphones in and listen to some stuff and I allowed my mind to escape to the 92nd minute and uh, Harrison scores in front of the north stand and runs in front and celebrates and my, my the, the hairs on my the back of my neck all stood up it was quite a nice moment and then I had to bring myself to reality uh, before yeah. I walked out in front of a car or something but my brain has kind of has built this narrative I just hope it happens mm-hmm. but I guess mm-hmm. 
the message to everyone is is try and enjoy it and uh, yeah. behave yeah. responsibly as well if you can as well. But <laughs> yeah. if we win, yeah. I think maybe we'll have us. We'll be on the streets. It'll be uh, it'll be yeah. fun. It'll Harry, be fantastic. Thank you for everything. Thank you for your hard work and your research. Thank you, Rich. Let's do the thank plugs. You. Let's start with your plugs. So where can we um, find you on Twitter and where's the blogs? Uh, the blog goes up on it'll go up on Friday on TWTD. The that's the full preview with formations, videos of the recent games, a little bit. They have had one or two thoughts on us, which which um, you can we we know what they are, um, but uh, they, they'll all be listed there for you to have a look at. Yes. and um, and it'll also be linked on Twitter at Harry from Bath. That's right. that's where you find me and all my previous pieces, anything I've done, you can find on there as well. Brilliant. Yes, I remember last season's um, preview blogs of yours definitely riled me up so if you need motivation and a bit of a g up read the opinions of us and uh yeah you, know, yeah. you won't be far yeah. away with that um you can follow me at ips rich you can follow the blue monday channel at, at blue monday itfc ben at benjamin bloom uh, dave at david diamond three mikey at mikey underscore smith 13 at joe fairs and at chomp x3 and we will be back in a couple of weeks because there's an international break, isn't there? So Indeed. fingers crossed when we come back, we'll have big, broad smiles on our faces. Here, here. And we'll have ended a hoodoo. Fingers yeah. crossed, eh? Here, here. Thank you again for all your hard work. Thanks, Rich. Thank you. It's and thank you everyone for watching. Um, for give us a shout on Twitter watching. and give us a shout in the comments. Um, and uh, yeah, enjoy the game. Or hopefully enjoy the game. Okay. Have a brilliant weekend. Cheers. Bye, everyone. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.